How does it feel to look at that scoreboard? It's, it's special. I realize they're, they're keeping it on, too. Yeah, it's, it's real special. It's, uh, I mean, when I was a sophomore, I was the scout team going up against those guys. I, I helped in that win. Now I'm, I'm playing in the game. And it's really special, man. This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice-weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, reporter with SB Live, and with me, senior reporter, the prodigal son of Tacoma, and the man of many hats, Todd Millis of SB Live, now a part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. Todd, how you doing today? Well, I'm hoping under the SI umbrella, Andy, that my predictions, uh, my prediction record will improve drastically because I have been taking an absolute, absolute beating the last few weeks. I cannot believe people, I can just feel people in all corners of the state laughing at many hats Millis and these idiotic picks he's making, uh, especially down in Southwest Washington. I'm I'm sure that the uh, the whole town of Camas is just going. What is what is that guy doing, man? Has he ever covered football before? Well, you know, in the same way that you feel like you're licking your wounds a little bit, um, you know, I'm still riding the high of of uh, predicting the uh, Camas going up and beating Tumwater on the road, almost down to the final score line. So. Um, you know, between you and I, Todd, I think it balances out. And the nice part is uh, you have a, a fresh new podcast this week predicting the week eight week eight matchups uh, to to go ahead and try to, you know, claw back in the right direction. Well, are you a machine or are you a computer or are you both? Because not only are you picking the right teams, your scores are eerily like compatible. Like it's it's crazy when these scores come across both high and low, how 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 close you are on the actual score prediction right now you're in a you're in a groove can you can you give me tips on how to get into that groove you know you just you just kind of kind of keep your ear to the ground Todd just listen to the winds and really and really trust your gut I think the toughest part is early in the season um, you know I wasn't trusting my gut and 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 that's something that you typically do pretty well so uh, no, these these pickums are, are a lot of fun. They they are a really good way for us to talk about you know some of the best matchups across the state on a week to week basis and have some fun. And hey, if if you are a you know an athlete, a coach, a, a parent, or, or or a student, a fan, and you want to treat this as bulletin board material, be our guest because because we hear from coaches when we're wrong. Uh, sometimes we hear from coaches when we're right, but more so when we're wrong. Uh, but week eight. Similarly, a, a lot of good matchups, maybe not the marquee matchups of the last two weeks, but uh, that's not to say that there's not going to be a ton of parody. Um, before we jump into those, as I said, we are reporters for SB Live Sports, uh, SB Live Washington, covering high school sports across the Evergreen State. You can find our work at scorebooklive.com slash Washington, as well as the SB Live Sports app. You can download that for free wherever you get apps. And we're newly... Newly announced this week, part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. Uh, very, very excited to announce uh, that partnership. Um, hopefully, uh, some big things coming here uh, down the road as SB Live expands its its national newsroom. Which uh, Todd, I should remind you, started here in Washington, man. You and I have been holding down this fort here uh, in Washington uh, for for a few years now. So uh, year three, it's it's uh, it's it's been fun to track, uh, kind of track that development and growth here with you uh, um, kind of as, as we've been teammates here the last three years. Well, on these picks, since we're under the SI umbrella now, I've brought in my dog Conan this week and my fairy godmother to help me with these picks. So let's get, let's get rolling with them, brother. Yeah, man. Send your, uh, anytime we have a, a wrong pick, you can send it, uh, you know, to the SI offices in New York uh, and you can, you know, address uh, Todd and I by name, I'm sure, uh, you know, they'll be getting back to you really, really quickly. So, um, but cool to see in, in Sports Illustrated, they, they do a freak of the week, uh, which is kind of like the football version of their faces in the crowd and the magazine uh, from, from years past, where they take a look at like one great standout performance across the country this, uh, you know, every week, John Garcia, a national uh, reporter for SI covering high school football does that. And this past week, that freak of the week hailed from the state of Washington, Todd. And 
I don't think if you were to pick one guy who puts up a freaky stat line every week, you know, there's a few of them that, that you and I, when we gathered, you know, when we gather our top performers uh, and, and kind of take a look at each uh, week across the state, there's a couple guys that stand out that just put up ridiculous stat lines. And, and I think, you know, the guy that they chose for the freak of the week this week is kind of chief among them. And that's Colton Bauer at North Kitsap. Um, the first time I covered Colton Bauer, he was a sophomore kicking a game winning field goal uh, to beat Fife in a uh, district playoff game. And here he is, uh, already holds what they believe is the interceptions record across his career. He's on he's on track to beat state records. Uh, I'm sorry, single season records at NK in passing and touchdowns. Uh, Colton Bauer is SI's freak of the week. Todd, what can't he do? One of my favorite athletes, Andy. I mean, we all know he's a baseball commit at Washington State University, uh, my alma mater, by the way. Go Cougs. Um, but you're tough right. Week, tough week for your Cougs. So let's just breeze right past that. Not for Washington State baseball. We're we're flying, man. Um, right. But in terms of week one to through week seven, you're right. I mean, every every time you you open, you know, you you, you see that that box score. It's it's Colton Bowers doing amazing things on in all three phases, like you said. And what I love about him is on the basketball team. He takes back seat to a really talented group of basketball players. He is just, he is perfectly fine just being the glue guy, setting a pick, putting somebody on their keister, um, getting a rebound, saving a ball out of bounds. I mean, how do you not root for a guy like that, that, that goes about his business in sports the way he does? He's a star in two sports. He's a role player in a third and he does it with the max amount of effort and, um, to his ability level. I mean, I just, I love the guy and he's, and he's also a really humble guy. Certainly easy to root for. And he's, he's one of the many names on SB lives. Look at the top quarterbacks across the state of Washington. The first of many positional lists that are publishing to the site and the SB live sports app here uh, in the next few weeks. So uh, 50 some names at quarterback, Todd, um, that's already out live on the site. We'll link it in the show notes, but uh, be sure to see if your favorite quarterback or your school's quarterback uh, made that list. There's certainly a, a lot of great quarterbacks too that were left on the cutting room floor. So just goes to show the talent across this state year in and year out. But week eight pickums, Todd. Why don't we get it? Well, why don't we get to them? Yeah, let's go. I'm 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 hoping to not do an offer this week. Let's let's make some progress. No, no, no. I'm sure you won't. And and I should say also I'll also link uh, Todd your uh, statewide preview kind of things to storylines developing. Uh, there's you you do that uh, every week and tackle that here midweek, and that's already up on the site. So um, this is more of an expansion of that. Uh, this is uh, we're going to take a look at starting with. A Thursday game. This game might have already happened by the time you listen to this, but um, I, I'm going to guess that we're going to be pretty correct with this score prediction. That's number one, Graham Kapowson goes at Emerald Ridge. Tonight, as we record this Thursday at 7.30 p.m., Emerald Ridge coming off a really tough double OT loss to Pialup. And boy, this is a this is a really fun Jaguars team, Todd, that's shown some promise and shown uh, tremendous growth from last year to this year. Um, it's a team that I think in a lot of other leagues is not in the outside looking in uh, of, of the top tier. Uh, and, but just, this is the, that's the fact that, you know, that's the way of life in the 4A SPSL this year. And uh, they have faced a tough, tough task hosting undefeated Graham Kapowson at home. Um, I think it's safe to say you and I uh, give Graham Kapowson a, a, a several touchdown advantage in this game, but uh, should I think any differently? I, I'm just interested to see how many touchdowns this Emerald Ridge offense led by quarterback Jake Scockle. And obviously we know about UW commit uh, Denzel Boston at wide receiver, but the, this you know, we've talked about this before. This offense has diversified a little bit. They have a few more weapons in the, in the, uh, in the uh, passing game. Um, Jake Scockle looks like a, a, a quarterback to that. We should be paying attention to for the next two plus years. I mean, he's starters as a yeah. freshman. Big, big arm, uh, understands the offense. Um, he's, you know, I mean, in the games I've covered, he, he's thrown an interception or two. Um, 
Um, but I, I just I like the way he he surveys the field. He, he makes some really really good throws, some really impressive throws for his dad, the coach. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how many touchdowns they can put up against this defense. Not many people have, as you know, Andy, uh, scored multiple touchdowns. I think one uh, Sumner has, and I think Curtis has. And um, so we'll see. We'll see exactly what this Jaguars offense can do tonight. But yes, I think uh, I think we all know GK is pretty pretty heavy favorite here at uh, Spark Stadium. No disrespect. What say you? We'll go with that. Yeah, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Okay. Okay. Well, there's one that has developed uh, up in Whatcom County. Uh, I remember covering this next game from afar in the shortened spring season. It was like this weird uh, final game. I think it was week six of the spring season. Uh, it was essentially for the league title, but there was no postseason. Uh, Mount Baker goes at Linden Christian this week, Todd, two of the top 1A teams in the 1A Northwest Conference and a, a really good game. You know, every every year, typically, uh, Linden Christian played in the last one uh, A state championship game. They're the last team to give Powerhouse Royal a, a real run, and they've rebuilt this year. They've reloaded, as it seems like they kind of always do with head coach Dan Kaming. Uh, Will Colwell at quarterback. He's built like Logan Dykstra, who had that great, great spring season. He's has over eleven hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, opposite five interceptions. Um, but Mount Baker has the top two rushers or two of the top five rushers in Whatcom County, including number one, Jesse Sandy, and then uh, Marcus George, who has uh, six touchdowns on the season. Todd, the Lynx ran away with this one uh, late in the spring. But what do you think this time around with the Mount Baker's uh, team that is, is maybe a little bit more polished than last year and has challenged itself in, in different ways? I predict LC 2320. Um, Explain kind of how how you feel about this one. Well, let's talk about Will Caldwell. I mean, do you, you see how big he is, Andy? 6'4", 215. I mean, where do these guys come from? Dykstra was that big, too. He might have been. I mean, he was 6'5". I mean, who's the next Who's the next big quarterback coming through? I mean, he's got to be – there's got to be a line of them. It's like a – it's it's like going into a factory, man, up there. I, I got I to gotta visit this factory. I think other coaches around the state need to go visit this factory – See if we can order one through Amazon. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you talked to Dan Kamick a little bit about Will and, and just, you know, quiet leader. You got to sit behind Logan Dykstra last year. Watched, really, I mean, uh, how the position is played at a high level, what Logan did last year on on a team that could have really contended for a 1A title. Um, I like Lennon Christian too. I kind of like that score. I think it's going to be a close game, a, a contrast of styles. We've talked about this matchup in the past, um, but Lennon Christian seems to, after that kind of that rough start against some bigger schools, they've really kind of sort of found a groove. Um, and they've, they've obviously had to bounce around with some COVID issues too, but um, I like them at home. Uh, I like a, I actually like a lower scoring game, maybe a, a 17, 14. All right, this next game, Todd, is one that I will be at. It'll be my first trip to the great Doc Harris Stadium in Camas, Washington. Father of Jake and Zach Blair, John Blair, says that he's got a euro for me when I get there. Uh, a, a, a gyro, I should say, if, if, if you're pronouncing it the, uh, the American way. But uh, Skyview at Camas, Todd, Friday at 7 p.m. I'm going to give you, I'm going to spit two facts at you real quick. The last time Skyview beat Camus, guess what year it was. Was it the year you were born? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. You, Steve, Steve Kaiser and the Skyview coaching staff and this in the storm community uh, can't, can't handle. I mean, come on, you're, you're going to do them like that coming off a win at union <laughs> 37 to seven. But you mentioned this last week that Skyview kind of had Union's number. I know Camus has kind of had Skyview's number. I mean, look at the guy that was, you know, the longtime coach at Camus. He's not, you know, he's no chopped liver, man. It's not like he's losing to me coaching him. I mean, so I don't know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? I don't know. I didn't I didn't write this game preview. Or I did, but I didn't research it. <laughs> uh, did it a different way, I should say. Skyview beat Camus the last time in 2011. So you're right. Okay. Here's 10 years. Okay. The last time Skyview won an outright 4A Greater St. Helens League title. Guess what year? 1911. 
man, you are just you're just throwing darts, darts into Hazel Dill. Washington. I'm going to say 2011. It's 2011. Yeah, uh, you beat Camus, you won a GSH title. That makes a lot of sense to me. It it, sh- it sure does. It's it's why the uh, the motto of this Storm team from the beginning of the season has been NBLC, nothing but league champs. Skyview shared a league title in the spring. They would have had an outright uh, outright league title if not for a game at Doc Harris Stadium when Camus took them to double overtime in one of the most amazing efforts I've ever seen coming back in a football game orchestrated by Jake Blair, Andrew Carusos, and the Camus Papermakers. There's just something about Camus and Skyview that these papermakers have always showed up for this matchup. And I'll tell you what, Todd, there's something brewing in Camus too. You know, they were, we had them as the 30, number 36 team coming into the season, number 36 all classification in the state. This is the 2019 and 2016 4A state champions. They go down to Oregon with an interim coach. They play four Oregon powers and they, they, they played all four of them pretty well. Had opportunities to win, uh, you know, most of those games. But they start 0 for 4. Since they played all teams from Washington, they thrash Battleground. They thrash a good Mountain View team. And they go up on the road and take down 2A powerhouse, Tumwater. 28-26 last week, Todd. Coming into this week, I don't know that Camus could be playing any better than it is. I think Taylor Yanni has settled in a little bit. I think he's got some weapons uh, out wide. Uh, Mark Thorkelson had a couple of really nice long gain uh, touchdowns last week. Cam has capitalized on turnovers defensively. And oh, hey, Jairus Phillips at linebacker, Zach Blair at receiver. Both of those guys were hurt last week, will be back this week. But is that going to be enough to take down the slow moving train that is the Skyview Storm? That escaped Kiggins Bowl with a 37-7 win over Union last week. What do you say? Can I pick a tie? Can, Can I opt out of this game? A- SB Live, SB Live has already made a prediction on this game, Todd. Well, I did talk to a coach that's familiar with both programs um, and how they match up schematically. Um, both very physical teams. We know that, Andy. Um, two teams that like to run the football. Um two really good defenses. This one coach brought this up to me. Um, The longer this game goes on, especially if the Skyview offense can grind and grind long drives, can it wear that Camus defense down? And this coach thinks that 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 big Skyview team can. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think Skyview, uh, its physicality over four quarters is going to win out. I picked them to win in on our sites for their week nine or week eight primer. I'm not going to contradict that on our podcast. I think Skyview is going to win close game, but if you're Camus, you got to feel like this is a pretty good situation. You, you're you, all you have to do is basically win one of the next two games and you're in the playoffs, given that that slow start against all those Oregon schools. So they're, I don't want to say they're kind of playing with house money because they're playing for a league championship this week as well. So, um, um, or I'm sorry that they, they continuing on, on their quest for a league championship. They obviously still have to play union, but um, I, I like Skyview. I think Skyview is going to win. I think Skyview is going to win this league outright. And if that's the case, Andy, guess what that sets up for next week? It's a do or die winner take all number two spot to the playoffs. Can you imagine Camus union for one playoff spot next week? I mean, can oh, you I'd- imagine that? It'd be absurd, and you're right. The two A or the four A GSHL has two bids this year. Uh, there's a Kansas City type, you know, kind of modified Kansas City tiebreaker. Uh, if they do end up tied uh, and sharing uh, three ways, like they did in the spring, but but none of these teams want to share this thing, Todd, <laughs> and especially not the Storm. And and you mentioned the size, and I think that's going to be the biggest key for Camus, as it was Union. Is can you stop? Can you stop Skyview's run game? Uh, up front, I mean, gosh, junior Ty Evans at 6'2", 275 has been tremendous. Uh, Hezefaniah Poaching uh, as well on both sides of the line. Jalen Salavea, uh, also a junior. They've got experience, they've got size on the line, and they've got depth. Uh, and the Storm, you know, in the second, you know, in the in the uh, middle of their defense as well, um, that might be where they're strongest. Gabe Martin at linebacker uh, opposite 
Tanner Beeman uh, on the outside, 6'3", 220. He's, he's a tremendous athlete who's a Division I prospect. Uh, there were several D1 schools, uh, at least one D1 school, I should say, um, out watching him um, last week against Union. Uh, he's had offers around the big sky. I think this is just a Skyview team that that is, is the clear cut, of, I think, a better football team. But Camus has been the monkey on this Skyview program's back for a very long time. And I watched it in 2019 when Jake Blair went down, a Camus quarterback went down with a collarbone injury in a season that Camus ended up running the table. Skyview had chances to win that game, couldn't put it away. Same thing two years ago. Um, this would be, I, I think, kind of the, you know, the momentum and the motion is uh, is kind of building for, for Skyview here. And this would be a, hu- a humongous hurdle to clear. I, I wouldn't want to be playing Skyview now, but I especially wouldn't want to be playing this Skyview team coming off a Camus win. Uh, and that's what uh, you know could happen here. But prediction, SB Live predicts Skyview 30 to 23. We're picking against Camus, Todd. And and you know that's that's not a lot of fun, but we, we got to do it and we'll see how it goes. So, Hey, listen, if Camus wins this game, you'll see the old coach in church on Sunday. Or down the line, I'm sure John Eagle will. I'm sure John Eagle will remind remind you don't ever bet against Camus. I've I mean, seen he, John. I've I've seen John Eagle this season more times than I've seen Jack Hathaway, the interim coach. <laughs> I saw I saw well, John Eagle at a ho- we were staying at the same hotel in Spokane when I was out there uh, covering games, and Portland State was on the road playing Washington State, and then I saw him at the on the sidelines uh, recruiting at the uh, Skyview Union game. So great to see Coach Eagle in a non official. Uh, capacity here uh, in a high school football setting. Well, John Eagle, he has every right to call us and go, don't ever pick up against my, my old team. <laughs> oh, Believe man. me, if they beat Skyview this week, I won't bet. I, listen, they could play everybody, but GK, I'm not betting against them the rest of the year. Yeah. I and, uh, yeah. You, you and me both. So well, that'll be a good one. I'm really excited to go to that one, but we're going to move to the central two B league. Forks has not been taken down this year, sitting at 6-0-1, but they traveled to Napa Vine Friday at 7, also undefeated. Forks down to 2B has, has done really well in that move. They were projected. Uh, I think we had him number five in the preseason with dual-threat quarterback Logan Olson, a couple of bruisers in the backfield, Nate Dahlgren and Sloan Tua. But are they good enough this year, sitting here undefeated, to take down State power Napa Vine. Todd, you're our two B guy. You run point on these two B rankings, uh, and, and you fancied yourself as a uh, central two B enthusiast here in the last couple of years. What's your What's your take of this game? Well, I mean, we have a distinct top tier. Uh, we've We've had it all season long with four teams. Uh, I know on Alaska has lost a fair share of games. They played some games up in the one A level, losing Linden Christian to nine O. They lost, obviously, last week to Kalama. Um, they're our fourth-ranked team. I, I, I think the fall-off between four and five is significant. I don't think the number five team could beat any of these four teams. I don't think Forks could go in and beat any of these teams. I don't think Forks is going to come close to beating. I, I mean, I just don't think Napa Vine is going to have much problems with Forks or much trouble. This is, not, this is a completely different team at Forks. Um, than last year. They lost a lot of seniors. They're a really good program. This is a program that we're going to be paying attention to year in and year out, as long as they stay in the 2B ranks. Um, This is just a start of something. You know, this is a start of something. They got a a really good ninth grade group. This is going to be the climb, but they're not ready to to play this Napa Vine team that still has a lot of guys left over from from a team, uh, you know, in the middle of this run, you know, contending for state championships. So no, Napa Vine's going to win and win convincingly. Um, but uh, watch out for this Forks teams here over the next few years. Give me a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to pick 41 to 10. Wow. Napa Vine. Our, our biggest deficit yet, but we're going to move up now to the 4A MPSL. Um, we're going to go at Kentwood, Kennedy Catholic four and two. Hits the road on Friday, 7 p.m. Mason Hayes is playing receiver now, Todd. And Kennedy Catholic has a hotshot new freshman quarterback who broke the first half touchdowns record last week, threw for five. Uh, Where have we heard this before? Kennedy Catholic has a really good freshman quarterback. It seems like they just 
uh, you know, can can pluck arms uh, out of out of a lineup uh, in that air raid system. Uh, but are they going to have problems with Kentwood, a team that they've you know haven't really had problems with the past couple of years? No, we're talking about Devin Forehand. He's the new quarterback, varsity quarterback at Kennedy Catholic. He's a ninth grader. Where I know you were sort of alluding to Sheldon Cross handing the keys over to, to Sam Heward back in 2017 when he was a ninth grader. I, I think this was this this t- this took a little more time to see. Um, he, he wanted this thing with Mason Hayes to work out at quarterback. As you know, Mason Hayes replaced Sam when Sam enrolled early at the UW last spring, had a, had a really good stretch of games for the Lancers, all wins, um, was really entrenched as a starting quarterback and, and kind of struggled out of the gates through multiple interceptions uh, in each of his starts this, this fall. I think, that, I think that kind of threw Sheldon for a little bit of a loop. He wanted this to work out with Mason, and I think eventually he just sort of said, you know, we got a guy that we like in the in ninth grade. We need a spark for this team. Um, and I think if you look at this, this, they have a good defense. I mean, what Isaiah Malloy has been doing in the safety position and what he's done, what he did last week with the three interceptions and the punt return um, and being kind of the leader of this, this, this new cast, um, this is a good enough defense to, to win games. They just needed to not make mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. So it's interesting. So they made the move. He played a little bit against Port Angeles. Um, and then finally, you know, Sheldon made the move last week to make him the starter. Uh, and, he, and he responded with five touchdown passes in the first half against Kent Ridge. They call him Little Russ. He looks like Russell Wilson. He's wearing number three. It's funny that Sheldon kind of quipped. He said, yeah, I, he goes, I think there are guys on my team that don't even really know his name because they've been calling him Little Russ. Um, but the future is bright with this young man uh, as a dual threat. Andy. Uh, and I think he's got the keys moving forward. Um, I, I think they're not going to, again, I don't think they're going to have much problems with the Kentwood team. That's been all over the map this, this fall with injuries and the roster numbers seem to be down. Um, they just, just, they've been really up and down. Um, yes, they're in position to go win a 4A NPSA NPSL title at home Friday night. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Kennedy's going to roll. I think Kennedy's weathered that 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 tough that that tough start against two really good teams, and kind of found this groove. And they're going to move forward with Devin. It's going to be interesting to see at the state level when they're in the playoffs what this translates to with the ninth grade quarterback playing other teams. But right now, I think Kennedy Catholic is still the the king of this league. I think they're going to win thirty five to fourteen. Thirty five to fourteen. All right, that's. A little bit different from the last time you and I saw these teams play uh, on March 27th when Sam Heward broke the state all-time passing record. That was a 60-17 to game, and Kentwood just rolled over. I mean, it was just like a really uninspiring game to be at outside of the the one moment. it's nice to see Kentwood put together this this season. They've got you know great talent on that roster. Coach Mike Bush has um, you know done a really nice job this year, and and you're right. Um, what what did you say your score prediction was? Thirty five to fourteen. Okay. Kennedy over Kentwood. I just right now offensively, I think Kentwood's a little bit of a, of a mess. And like you said, you they lost a lot of guys. It's been a, it's been a challenging season for 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 Coach Mike Bush right from the get go with guys that were out of the lineup and hurt. DeAndre Gill hasn't played a snap this year. It's just been it just feels like it's been every week a challenge to to get a, a lineup in sort of a fluid manner. It's just, it's just been sort of choppy on both sides. Uh, and I don't think they're going to do it against a team that's kind of found its groove. 35-14 is the prediction. Heading up to the 4A Wesco, we've got two undefeated teams, Todd, taking taking each other on Friday at 7 p.m. Kamiak at 6-0 goes to Lake Stevens at 5-0. We knew number two Lake Stevens is going to be where it is, has not lost a West, Wesco game in years. For Kamiak, uh, this is the biggest test for a team that has not really played a close game this year. Uh, under head coach Bryant Thomas, he's having a, a breakout season. Uh, Todd, you wrote about it in five coaches who were doing a really nice job. Uh, I, I'll link that story in the show notes as well. Um, Kamiak has had kind of a surprise season here so far, um, but hasn't faced anything uh, as tough as as what Lake Stevens presents, uh, just you know, blowing out teams. Obviously, they had that, they had that great uh, game, win over O'Day to start the year. Um, but can Wesley Garrett, this speedster, uh, and 
you know, that, that, uh, that kind of like, was it, what's it called? Like a jump, a double wing jet sweep attack that the Kamiak runs, um, with that speed on the edge. Will they have enough to challenge what Lake Stevens, uh, presents, or is this going to be a, a Vikings runaway? Answer your first question. No, uh, this is a team that's, that's back in the hunt. I don't even think Brian Thomas thinks this is a team that, um, is quite there yet to challenge that top tier. It would have been nice to see these guys play Glacier Peak a couple of weeks ago. And you're, you, you mentioned the story that I wrote uh, as the five best coaching jobs at the midway point. Right after that, Kamiak went into to COVID pause. We know how, how that can really interrupt the season. We saw that with Spanaway Lake, and they had to come back and play lakes that didn't go well. I just think playing Lake Stevens, being off, it just – it's too much. It's too much to ask for a team that's hasn't been in this position for a while. Now, will Lake Stevens score 91 points like it did last week against Jackson? I don't think so, points. but I, I think that Lake Stevens is going to comfortably take care of business. Grayson Murin, Jaden Lamar, Drew Carter. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're, they're just, they're just loaded on the, in the skill position. Um, I just, I think Lake Stevens is going to win uh, 50 to 14. 50 to 14. I've got that written down. I haven't seen this Lake Stevens team play in person. Uh, it just based on where you and I are geographically, me being down near Southwest Washington and um, you know, who I've seen this year going back out East and who you've seen this year. But um, you know, you saw this team in the spring. I haven't seen a Tom try coach team since the 2018 state championship when they, when they played union. Um, so this feels like a lakes team that, that, is is clicking into gear and just with every athlete they have I, I would love to see um you know a team that's that's you know taking some heat in the playoffs in the past uh, off of really nice regular seasons uh click into gear and make a run this year uh, and i think you know they're as you and i both know they're definitely capable of that uh so Heading, keeping and sticking with the 4a but heading to the other side of the state in the columbia basin big nine we had a great matchup last week uh, with Sunnyside and Moses Lake. That game coming down to uh, the final seconds. Moses Lake sits here. Uh, this is not something that I thought I'd be saying uh, in the beginning in the beginning of the season. Moses Lake sits here undefeated atop the Columbia Basin Big Nine at three and zero. Now there's still a few weeks left of that of that league's play. Uh, they are they have. Uh, a great state birth situation uh, in, in the big nine that benefits that league very well. Um, maybe at the expense of some other leagues in the area, but Eastmont goes at Sunnyside this week, five and two taking on five and two Eastmont's got that kind of another kind of wing T type, uh, you know, heavy, heavy rush attack with a lot of speed, uh, track speed uh, around the edges and Sunnyside has balance, man, that offensive attack with, Miles Newhouse, bruising running back, one of the state's best this season. Uh, he he, uh, they'll, they'll give him north of 30 carries if they feel like it, that's what it takes for them to win. They'll also air the ball out with a senior quarterback, Logan Rodriguez, uh, to uh, Trent McNair and Brent Maldonado out wide. Some really, really nice experienced receivers. But Eastmont, can that track speed uh, match up with the team in Sunnyside that's looking to uh, avenge a loss against Moses Lake last week? Uh, this is a battle for the second spot in the league at this point. Um, what do you think? I want to ask you a question before we get into this game prediction. You, you okay. mentioned Brett Day and the job he's done at Moses Lake. Is he? Would you say he's on the short list of state coach of the year in our postseason? I mean, you talk to teams that they played early in the year. They played Bothell. I think we. I think it might have even been week one. Yeah, they played Bothell uh, well. You, and. You, you talk to you, you talk to coaches about going over there, and you just sort of like, hey, was that really worth your time? And and coaches immediately saw the improvement in that team. I mean, Brett Brett Jay, I mean, he was at Hanford. He's 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 been at a few spots. What a fantastic job! Because that team was that that Moses Lake program was a little bit a little bit in the dumps. Let's 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 call it what it was. It was a little bit in the dumps. They they were not competitive in a so-so league and for them to go and beat Sunnyside and now sit atop this, this league uh, in, in going into late October, that's a phenomenal achievement. Congratulations to those guys. I don't know how this is going to play out. I know this game that you mentioned has importance. I think Sunnyside 
and Eastmont's going to be a whale of a game. I, I'm going to pick sunny side 30 to 27. I really like that 30-27 prediction. Uh, and to your point about Jay, I wrote about this in our five games uh, you should not have missed uh, roundup last week on Friday and Saturday. I talked to Jay after that game. I talked to John Lobstell at Sunnyside too. Um, and I asked Jay, because this you're right, Todd, this is a team that went 0-10 in 2019. Moses Lake did. And this, is ne- this isn't a team that lives in, you know, just a, a, a complete desert when it comes to good athletes. It's a big school. Uh, they always have athletes to work with. And the way it was explained to me uh, from coaches in that area is that, you know, Moses Lake as a program kind of had all the pieces in place to be successful. It just had fallen short a couple of years in a row and, and kind of hit, hit the skids. And, and Jay comes in after doing a pretty good job at Hanford uh, and takes over this program. Um, in the condensed spring season. And this is what he says. He said, coming in, I knew there were a lot of good things in place and a really good group of kids. We knew it was there, but we didn't realize how quick we could get it going. Once we realized how, uh, uh, how the kids are, we just got after it. We definitely know who we are after this game, this game being their win uh, over Sunnyside. So you know, I, you're right, Todd. Mo, Moses Lake sits here uh, in a really good spot, and it'd be interesting to see if uh, if this is a team that can make noise at the state level. That's always been the knock on the Big Nine is you have some pretty solid, uh, you know, playoff. I, I'm sorry, you're pretty solid teams at the top of that league in a competitive league title race, uh, and then those same teams fall short at the playoffs. I saw Sunnyside in person. I thought I think you know they can make some noise in the playoffs if they clean some stuff up, um, especially with that offense. I think Eastmont has the potential to do that too. Uh, I, they were not at full strength when I saw them and they got killed by Gonzaga prep. So um, that's not a great sample size, but we'll see. And I think this game will be an indicator for Sunnyside because, because, you know, for either team, uh, you know, that, that'll be a, a really nice win. Uh, so we're going to stick in that's that part of the state in the MCC six and one Kennewick Travels across town to Edgar Brown Stadium, takes on Chiawana at 3-1. and one. That's Friday at 7 p.m. Kennewick rebounded from a two-touchdown loss to Kamaikin a couple weeks ago by uh, beating Hermiston handily. Uh, and Chiawana has kind of got its legs underneath it after a, a, just a brutal start to the season, uh, having to play you know, Kamaikin, Richland, and Union in rapid succession, uh, especially after uh, replacing so much. Todd, does this Riverhawks team, uh, are they able to contain the size up front of, of Kennewick, the, the bruising nature of Miles Mayofsky, who is just, guys, just death by a thousand cuts, um, or, or even what Kennewick's able to do, um, you know, in, in its passing game too. We saw, I can't remember his name right now. It's up for state, uh, state plays of the week, which you can vote for, but they had a kid who had a one-handed catch uh, in the game last week against Hermiston. Austin Stoddard is their top receiver. Uh, I wrote a story on him on Monday on the site that that I would love to point everybody toward. Um, it's about his relationship with his dad, who's deaf and had fallen ill a couple of years ago. And uh, and the role that head coach Randy Affalter played in Austin realizing his own potential. All that to say, Todd, is this Kennewick team just going to be too much uh, for Chiawana? I, I think, you know, two weeks ago when the, the rivals played, Kamiakin and Kennewick, I think basically Scott Biglin, Henry Mercado, I think they just took a bat to a, to a bee's nest. I think that's what they did. They whacked the bee's nest. They, they whacked the hornet's nest, in fact. I, I, I think this, that loss will be the best thing that's happened to Kennewick. Um, I don't see Kennewick losing this game. One of my favorite players, one of our favorite players around the state, you, you've interviewed him. He's a He's a, he's a personality, you know, us media types, we, we like personalities and Miles Miles Mayoski, I, he's had a fantastic year in all phases. Uh, I don't see, I don't see Kennewick losing this game. I don't see, you know, Kennewick plays Richland next week. I think they're the favorite to beat Richland too. Um, so I think they're going to run the table. I, it, it's a good two game slate for Kennewick to have entering the three, a playoffs. And as you know, we, you know, the three, a it, it's, it's been weird. We've seen, Top three teams lose, you know, the past two or three weeks. I know we have Bellevue, and they seem to be okay kind of carrying the torch in 3A right now. Um, but we've got Kennewick pretty high up there, too, even after its loss to to Kamiakin. I think this is a still oh, that's a, viable, a great. I mean, that's a great loss. <laughs> yeah, that's a vi- this is still a viable state contender. Big, physical, experienced, 
all state running back, a lot of pieces. I just think, you know, Kamaya can kind of woke them up. Uh, they showed them some things that they needed to kind of clean up uh, and tighten up before this stretch run. And I think Kennewick starts its stretch run with a big win um, in its new home digs. Um, they're playing the rest of their home games at Lampson stadium because their, their fields being renovated. So um, yes, I think Kennewick wins. Uh, let's go 23, 14, 23, 14. I'm, okay. I'm on the 14. I'm on the 14 bandwagon for, for teams that don't win. They're going to score 14 points. So 23, 14. Well, I bet, I bet JP Zamora is going to have something to do with both of those touchdowns. If uh, your prediction rings true, uh, Miles Mayofsky is not just uh, one of our favorite players, Todd, friend of this podcast, go, go back in the feed and just spin back that interview after week two. I sat down with Miles at their practice field uh, after we were uh, uh having to kind of evade uh, the girls soccer practice that was taking uh, that had just started that was happening right kind of on top of us after football but miles is a great guy he's got a cool story and um and and again it's he's one of those guys that i could just you know sit back to and talk to about football for a really long time so if you're interested in hearing from him uh go back in the feed andy can you imagine if kenwick went and won the state championship and the gold ball in miles mayofsky's hands after the game can you imagine what he would probably do with that big state trophy? He got them pretty darn close two years ago, Todd, <laughs> going and, and losing a close one to O'Day in the 3A state semis in, in uh, Randy Affolter's first year. So uh, this isn't just a 3A state contender. Like, this team's good enough to win a state title. Absolutely. No, I, I, no, I don't think anybody doubts that, anybody that's paying attention anyway. So uh, it starts this week with Chichiawana, a good defensive team with a with an experienced quarterback, but I think Kennewick prevails. All right, we're going a little long here, so let's just breeze through uh, the last four games. Checking in with the Metro League in, in Seattle. Garfield at 5-2 and two goes at O'Day. Can O'Day contain Garfield's speed? That's been one of the knocks on O'Day. It's, it's had a tough time with. That's how Lake Stevens was able to break off big plays against the Fighting Irish. Uh, and Jacoby Cochran is just a heck of an athlete on the edge for Garfield. Uh, they've got a quarterback who's fairly capable, uh, not fairly capable, a very good quarterback um, and, and a lot of athletes uh, on the edge. We've talked about Garfield in the last couple of weeks on this podcast as a team that that maybe gets overlooked in a crowded Metro League. Um, but can Garfield stop O'Day up front is should be the first question you ask anyone in this fighting Irish team. I predict O'Day winning 28-14. Do you think it's that close? Uh, well, Garfield's going to have to put 10 in the box. That's secondary we've talked about, but I just think it's a bad matchup because O'Day doesn't throw the ball very much. I think they're going to try and crowd the box to, to slow down Jason Brown. I think John Kohler has a couple of play-action uh, touchdown passes. I think O'Day wins 30-14. Uh, to 14. Tucker Ashcroft, man, at tight end having a breakout year at O'Day. I watched him catch a touchdown pass on a play action. Like you just said, uh, he just went up and grabbed it in a one-on-one right out of the hands of Tobias Merriweather in the secondary. Uh, so they've certainly got weapons downfield, man. And uh, I don't, I don't mind that prediction either. Uh, I'm saying 28, 14. So moving on to Saturday, Todd, this is the game you're going to be at. Lincoln goes at lakes. This is a three, a PCL showdown and, and lakes has gotten a nice little cortisone shot getting uh, quarterback Justin Brennan back with his fifth year on an eligibility waiver. Uh, they've got weapons all around him. Kamari Washington, Leo Pulasi, um, the list goes on. Do you think uh, that Lincoln is just playing too well right now for Lakes? Uh, do you think Lincoln goes to Lakewood and, and walks out of this game with a win? This matchup really intrigues me, Andy. You talked about Leo Pulasi. The, the secondary has gotten healthy for Lakes. It has enabled... Um, Michael Westbrook Jr. to to move back to to linebacker. This is a very fast defense. Um, this is those are two really fast linebackers that um, will be. I think they're both going to spy Jabari Johnson in this game. Jabari obviously has has really hit hit a level a few have have around the state with both his legs and his arms. He's been a total offensive machine. Um, but it's going to be, I, I think it, it, they learned something from that last drive last year when Lincoln came back in the final seconds to beat him last year. I bet you both of those guys spy him. I bet you they harass him. I bet you they tackle him. I just don't see, I don't see how 
lakes in their injuries and their uh, up front and their offensive line. I don't know how they're going to keep that big front seven um, off of Justin Brennan. I think it's going to be difficult for lakes to score against this defense. And that's a, that's a big salute to what the Abe's have done in shoring up their defense and getting healthy. Of course, uh, I think Lincoln wins. Uh, I think it's going to be a 28 to 19 game uh, at Harry E. Lang stadium on Saturday afternoon. Did you say 28 to 19? Yes. Okay. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's really fair. And I want to give a shout out. I think uh, somebody who could have a busy night. We talked, we talked about this last week and I I hope we write about him at some point. Uh, But you know, we, we know about Chance Bogan. We know about Jaden Wayne, but Khalil Robinson's just having one of the best receiving seasons of any, t- uh, uh, you know, of any wideout across the state this year. He's found a really, really nice connection with, uh, you know, the state's one of the state's top quarterbacks in Jabari Johnson. Um, so expect another big night from him, too, because he's he's made that a fixture this season. So. Moving back to the Metro League, Seattle Prep at Rainier Beach, both of these teams uh, having taken their licks this year. Beach has been closer to uh, you know sitting here at six and zero than Seattle Prep is to sitting here at seven and zero. Beach just plays everyone tough. Um, can, I see this kind of as a must-win game for Seattle, a Seattle Prep team um, that has you know one of the most electric players in the state in Braden Smith. You know several Division One kids uh, around him, and you know they have to run into a Rainier Beach team that is gonna is gonna mark you in single coverage. <laughs> They're just gonna bully your receivers. They're big up front. And uh, as they proved last week against Eastside Catholic with Scott Trey Humphrey, they can run the ball too. I mean, they, they've got, gosh, they've got one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Um, how does that all shake out here? I predict Rainier Beach 35-31. I really like what Corey Sampson's doing, and I, I don't think this team should be overlooked. I think it's still looking for its signature win, and I don't think Seattle Prep would be a signature win, but maybe it's in the right direction. I agree. I, I, I like Rainier Beach at home in this game in a high-scoring game. I like what this Rainier Beach team is doing on both sides of the ball. Can you imagine if Seattle Prep comes out of the Metro League as a number five seed? I mean, they're going to probably get a high seeding in the round of 32 anyway, but can you imagine this being the fifth best team in the Metro League? How good has the Metro League been this year across the board, Andy? It's as deep as it's been, and and we're not even talking about Ballard and a couple of teams that are pretty pretty good teams, Uh, but those five teams, if Seattle Prep after being the finalist in the Metro League last spring. This was five months ago, Andy. And right now, they got a win to stay out of that number five seed. It's just, man, and credit to, you said it, credit to Corey Sampson, credit to what's going on at, at uh, Garfield, um, credit to the bounce back with Eastside Catholic. Um, we all know O'Day's good. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me um, what, what's transpired. It's been a, f- a really fun league to follow here in the fall. Yeah, a lot of parody too, and and Eastside Catholic sitting there at number one on top of the league. You know, that's that. I don't think that's to say that that there's a ton of separation there up top, but but they've earned it. So, I'm sticking with my prediction: Rainier Beach 35-31. To round this thing out, Todd, as you said in your in your Week Eight preview, which you can find on the site scorebooklive.com/slash/Washington and the SB Live Sports app, Bellarmine Prep five and one. Goes at Sumner six and one Saturday at seven p.m. There's no off weeks in the four ASPSL. Sumner standout Peyton Wing left the game against Graham Kapowzin last week. He's a difference maker on both sides of the ball. Um, do you have an update on him, Todd? Because because his status, uh, I think, plays a big role in this game. At the same time, uh, you know, I, I think Sumner's probably the more talented team. But I'll leave the prediction up to you. Yeah, I talked to Keith Ross about his status. I, I think he's questionable. He, he was going to have an MRI Wednesday, uh, possibly get fitted for a brace. I think he's going to probably be wearing that if he is cleared moving forward. Uh, again, that having that dimension part of the offense, he's a little more of a fluid athlete, both in the pass game and in the run game. Eric Buck is just a guy that charges right at you, and if you can tackle me, great. If not, I'm going to run right over you. But having him, having Peyton Wing, as a compliment to that, as a guy that can juke you and make you miss, um, is important, even compromise, even if that knee brace, even if he is wearing that knee brace and not 100%. Um, and this is a Bellarmine team that's getting healthier as, as each week um, goes by. Uh, Tristan Warner had missed the GK game. We're waiting for Gage Hicks. Um, this is a team that I like. 
but j- I don't like to beat Sumner um, at Sumner on Saturday. I think Sumner is going to be a little peeved about losing to GK. Um, I, this is the second best team in the SBSL for I think we all can agree on that. And they're going to beat Bellarmine prep. I'll say 30 to 20, 30 to 20. I've got it written down. So we'll see when we talk Todd on Sunday night for our week eight in review podcast coming at you twice a week. We'll see how these takes fare. Cause I think Todd, you've got some ground to make up, man, but you've got a lot of opportunity here in these next three days. Uh, Cause I, you know, I, I look at your picks and and I think they're they're looking pretty good. I think you look at my picks and you do what Camus and Skyview did last week. You laugh your butts off. No, I got the fairy godmother. I got Conan behind me this week. Uh, I, I feel good shout about out, shout out Conan, mascot of the podcast. Todd's she, uh, Sheba. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the uh, extra set of uh, you know the extra brain trust will help me this week. So if not, then I might just bring in more and more people. Well, you could do that too, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that, uh, that that would love to give you their opinion on on, uh, on these high school games, and and we like to hear from you. So please hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Andy Bueller. He's at Many Hats Millis. Uh, this concludes our Week Eight Predictions podcast for SB Live Washington and SB Live Sports. Now a member of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. I'm Andy Bueller. He's Todd Millis. We'll catch you on Sunday. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Life Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.